And you can have a seat. Well, good morning, and hopefully you had a Merry Christmas and a great time with uh, those around you. And uh, welcome this morning. My name is Ray, and uh, one of the pastors serving here at New City, and a pleasure to serve with you. And today we have, if you haven't noticed, a family service again. Uh, and I love this, the planner on the head, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> so great. Uh, and so, um, understanding that we have kids in the room, like, things are going to happen, and that's okay. Uh, but on the flip side of that, we're also giving our awesome volunteers a break and a week off. And so, thank you, volunteers. If you weren't here last week, we said thank you to you for the time that you give in our kids' city area, and uh, just ministering to our kids and the things that you do each and every week and helping out in those areas. So, thank you for that. Um, and so, yeah, excited to be here this morning with you. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, okay? It's been like... We're at the end of 2018, right? Like, before you know it, it's here, and it's here now. And uh, Austin and I were talking about it, that just a year ago, uh, we first got to know many of you, right? Abby, my my wife, and I, we have got to know you a year ago, started hanging around a little bit, (laughs) and and got to know you and spend time with you. And before we know it now, we're a year out, right? And here, before we know it, we're going to find ourselves at the end of 2019 and looking back on 2019 and going, wow, that was another year that has already passed. But here's the thing about 2019, I truly believe, for New City Church, and not only New City Merriam, but New City as a whole. Like, we are poised in a great place for God to do something great and for God to show up and for God to show off. Like, I really think God has plans for that in Edgerton, in Shawnee, in Merriam, and in Loma Vista. Like from a standpoint of growth and just what God wants to do in this coming year. And I'm excited about it. Hopefully you're excited about it and looking forward to what God's going to do, right? And so uh, today we're wrapping up our series called Be the Gift. And this has been a six-week series, so I'm going to spend just a few minutes kind of just reviewing with us of what all we've talked about as we've walked through this series, okay? So the idea behind the gift that we've talked about is that New City Church as a whole, but also each of you as an individual, has been given, in a sense, as a gift to the city of Kansas City, right? We have been given to the city as a gift by God to bless this city. And so in week one, we talked about this idea in Ephesians 4, that each of us has been equipped through the fivefold ministry, right? The apest. And this idea that each of us, God has given us each gifts for, using some scripture here, the building up of the saints and the work of the ministry, right? And so each of us have been brought to this body for a purpose and a reason in equipping it and growing it. And then in week two, we talked about the gift that each of us has been given. Not only Jesus himself, but the Holy Spirit that resides within each of us. And that Holy Spirit is then what helps play this part in the supernatural workings of what happens here at New City Church. But also in that, that the Holy Spirit deserves the same worship as God the Father and Jesus the Son. Right? Like sometimes we forget the Holy Spirit, but yet he deserves to be worshipped just as much as Jesus and God the Father. Then week three, we talked about this idea of abiding with Christ, right? Sitting with Jesus, spending time with him and building that relationship with him and how the power in that comes out, right? In our fruitfulness. And so we talked through, or Nathan actually talked through that week in John 15 about abiding, right? That we are the branches and he is the vine and we should be attached to him so that we can be fruitful. 
And then in week four, we talked about this idea of the kingdom, right? And the kingdom of God and seeking the kingdom first in Matthew 6, 33. And seeking his kingdom and these things will be given to us when we do what? When we seek him first. And then last week, we talked about this, the best gift we've been given, right? The gift of Jesus and the gift of salvation through Jesus and the anticipation that there was for his birth, but yet also the anticipation we should perhaps have for our hearts towards him. And so this week, we're going to wrap all of that up, okay? And we're going to wrap it all up in two simple statements. And if you've been around New City a while, you've probably heard these two statements, all right? And they are simply this, love God love your neighbors, right? Love God and love your neighbors. Now, as we talked about a few weeks ago, sometimes we forget certain things, right? Because we got a lot going on in our brains. we got a lot going on in our life. And so today I want to spend just a little bit of time walking through those two statements. Because here we are at the end of 2018, right? And maybe you're making some lists. I know Abby last night was making some lists right, for 2019. So maybe those lists are your resolution list. Maybe those lists are your goal list. Maybe you have uh, different things that you want to accomplish around the house this year, or whatever those lists look like. Or maybe, you know, you're saying, hey, this is the point in my life that I'm going to do something better this year, or I'm not going to do something that I've done this past year. Or maybe you're going to drop something, right? You're going to drop some pounds, or you're going to drop social media, or you're going to drop something and just kind of put that to the wayside. But here's the thing, all right? These two statements, I believe, should be at the top of your list. The top of your goals, right? The top of your agenda and all those different things, these two statements could be there. Love God and love your neighbors. Because if you pursue those two things, you're going to see all those other things begin to fall in place. You're going to see God work through those moments because here's what happens this time of year. Right, if you walk into Walmart or you walk into Target, they have the resolution aisle, don't they? Now, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about yet, but you will. Right, right there at the front door, there's the Slim Fast, there's the Ab Rollers, there's the water bottles, there's all those things taunting you, saying 2019 is going to be better, right? 2019 is going to be the year for you to change something. I heard this quote, or I saw this quote the other day, and I thought it was funny, so I'm going to share it with you. All right? My prayer for 2019 is a fat bank account and a slim body. Please, Lord, don't mix them up like you did last year. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's how we come into a new year, isn't it? Like, something is going to change this year. And for some of us, a new year also might be a benchmark for a spiritual thing. Right? Like, okay, on January 1st, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. Or in January 1st, I'm going to start memorizing more scripture. Or maybe I'm going to start serving. Or maybe I'm going to join a D group. Or I'm going to start reading the Bible every morning. Or I'm going to start praying every morning. But we use January 1st as that benchmark of a start for something new. Now, this morning, I don't want you to hear those two statements, love God and love others, as a resolution that you're going to make this year. All right? In fact, I want us to think about it a little bit differently and not in the way of a, re- of a resolution, but as a revolution. All right? So as a revolution, not a resolution. Because here's what happens. Let's look at those words, okay? A resolution is a stated intention determining an action. All right? So it's something you say. Okay? But here's the thing about a revolution. A revolution is a dramatic and wide-reaching change. Okay? You see the difference in those two? 
So a resolution is just something you say or you intend to do. But a revolution, you actually begin to see change in it. So here's the deal. A resolution carries intention that's maybe not always followed through. But the revolution requires action. Right? It's not just talk, but it requires some action. So maybe this year, 2019, will be a time for us to have a spiritual revolution in the way that we love God and the way that we love others. All right? Or the way that we love our neighbors. So let's look at those statements that we were made or that we, we've just made. Okay? So love God and love your neighbor. Now, both statements to be proclaimed, right, and to followed, absolutely. But here's the thing about those statements, is that those are also commands we have been given as followers of Jesus, right? Those are commands we've been given. Now, we say those a lot here at New City because they were also described as the greatest commandments, right? To love God and love others. Because the situation we see that in is that Jesus, this teacher of the law, expert of the law, comes to Jesus and he says, all right, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus flips it back on that guy who is the expert in the law and he says, what do you think it says? Right? What do you think it says? And he says, well, I'm going to recall the law, right? I'm going to recall the scripture that I know, and this is what it says. And we see it, this whole encounter in Luke chapter 10, all right? So if you're, you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 is where we're going to be, okay? And it says this. It says, Just then an expert of the law stood up to test him, him being Jesus, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what is written in the law, he asked him. How do you read it? You see, he flips it back on him. You're the expert of the law. You tell me, right? How do you read it? And he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus responds, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. All right? Do this, and you will live. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about 2019, as I mentioned before, 2019, I believe, is going to be a year of life, right? Like, I hope there is life in 2019 for me and for my family and for our church. I hope that there is growth. I hope that there is fruitfulness, right? That God gets to show up and show off. So how does he say that we see that? Well, if we love him, right? So how does it say that we should love him? With all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, here's the thing about that, okay? That doesn't leave a lot of room within us for us to not love Jesus, right? If it's our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then it is all-consuming, right? And we use this language around here that Jesus becomes Lord of our life. He becomes boss of our life in every area of our life. Sometimes we refer to him as king of our life. Now, we use this, this language a lot here at New City, right? This idea that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, Jesus is boss. But here's the thing about that, okay? I started thinking about that, and we often say, yes, Jesus is King, so kingdoms have kings, right? So our certain kingdom should have a king, and that king should be Jesus. But then I was also thinking about, okay, what's a different way that we could think about that? And for some reason, my mind went to checkers, Right? And when you're playing checkers and you get to the other side of the board, there's this great thing that happens in checkers. You're kinged. 
right? You become king, and you get to stack your checkers, and you have two, and then what happens? A newfound freedom is found in you being kinged, right? Because now you can move all over the board, and that other player is in trouble, right? Because you're starting to move all over the board, and you have, again, this newfound freedom to jump into new directions and overtake your opponent. But what would it look like for us in 2019 if we said, Lord, I want you to king my life, right? I want you to be king of my life. He might bring us a new freedom and a new direction for 2019. Now, what if we were to say this, all right? Lord, I want you to be king of my heart. I want you to be king of my soul. I want you to be king of my mind. I want you to be king of my strength. And then let's keep going with that. I want you to be king of my finances. I want you to be king of my job. I want you to be king of my family, my marriage, and even in my neighborhood. Right? Then it moves into what? It moves into that second statement, to love your neighbor. So what if we were to say, Lord, I want you to be king over all of that. I want to give that to you so that you are king over it. Well, that'd look like a revolution of a year, right? Perhaps that'd look like a change in our year. Now, here's the thing. As we step into that next statement, okay? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Because here's what he says as he answered. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And then he says what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So in 2019, I want to challenge you, okay? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also love your neighbor and love your neighbor well, okay? Now you say, well, you know, you've challenged us in that before and you're beginning to do that, okay? Then let's take that up a notch and let's continue to love our neighbors even better because here's the thing. We were talking about this the other day as a staff and the way that we love our neighbors, okay? And here's the interesting thing. There is a a parallel, if you will, with loving God and loving your neighbors. In the same way that we abide with Jesus, we sit with Jesus to build our relationship with Jesus, we also need to abide with our neighbors. We need to sit with our neighbors to build relationship with them. You see how that works? So when we sit with our neighbors... We are building that. But also, when we build our relationship with Jesus, we daily want to bring him into our life. Well, what does that look like with our neighbors? Well, if we were to daily bring them into our life, that increases our time with them and our relationship with them and also an opportunity for us to show our love for them. Right? But here's the thing. When we look at the life of Jesus, okay? Jesus spent a lot of time at multiple tables, in multiple homes. And he built relationship with those people that he encountered. And when he built relationship with them, what did he bring them? Well, he brought them the kingdom. And he told them of the kingdom and what that was going to be and what that was going to look like for their life to impact them, right? Now, here's the thing. If we further that, okay, into the New Testament, Paul brings this same idea, love God, love your neighbors, into his letter that he writes to Timothy. Now, Timothy, who is Timothy? Well, Timothy is this young pastor who's about to step into ministry in Ephesus. That's where he's residing. And Paul is writing this letter to him to encourage him and let him know, hey, look, this is what you need to do as the young pastor there in Ephesus. 
And he lays it out basically based on these two statements. Love God. The first part of Timothy is all about prayer and the things that should be happening in the church. And the relationship with Jesus. And then love your neighbor. Right? So he talks about the elders and how the elders should be set up and established within the church. And how to love those folks. But look what he says. Paul writes to 1 Timothy in chapter 3. As he's talking about the elders and leaders of the church. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he must desire a noble work. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, an able teacher, not addicted to wine, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy, and one who manages his own household competently, having his children under control with all dignity. You see, Paul is laying that out for Timothy in a way to say, look, this is what an elder and a leader of the church should look like. But look here, the NLT version helps us kind of see this a little better. Okay, it says this in verse 2. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. But look at this next part. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. Now, why did Paul... Tell that to Timothy. Because if he can't handle people, then it's going to be really hard for you to minister and love those people. Right? Like if you can't stand people, it's going to be really hard for you to love them. And if the elder or leader of the church can't invite those people in to their life, they're going to have a hard time then ministering to them and showing them the love of Jesus. And so Paul wanted to make sure Timothy knew that, right? Not only for Timothy, but also for any of the elders and leaders within Ephesus that he was going to choose for them to be over that church once he left. Now, when we think about this idea of loving our neighbors well, okay, here's the thing. When we look at the gospel, that is a beautiful picture of us being loved well. It's a beautiful picture of us being loved well, right? Like, we could, not to change scripture, but to to put some words in there. God loved us so well that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us. Right? And then Jesus loved us so well that he was obedient, and he went to the cross, and he died for us. And then on top of that, Jesus loved us so well that he says, I'm going to send a counselor for you, and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And then in turn, we should love our neighbors so well with that Holy Spirit that we've been given and the Son that has died for us and the God that has given us our Son or the Father that's given us the Son, right? All those things come into play to where now I want to give that to my neighbor in the love that I show them, right? And I want to love them so well. So here's the thing, all right? We get here to the end of 2018, and we move into the beginning of 2019. I hope and I pray that we get to the end of 2019, and we look back at this same day a year later, and we go, I believe that this past year, I loved God better. I loved God harder, and I loved God, this isn't a word, but weller, right? Like better. I did it better. But also, I loved my neighbors better. I love the people around me and the people that God has put around me better this year in 2019. 
Now, here's the thing about it. It's going to look different for each and every one of us, isn't it? In how we love God and how we love others around us. It's going to look completely different. But here's the cool thing. This morning, Austin had an awesome idea of us coming together this morning, all right? And spending a little bit of time in two places. Reflecting on what God has done in 2018, but then also what we desire to see God do in 2019. All right, so on the way in, you should have gotten a little card and an envelope, okay? And what we're going to ask you to do is over these next few minutes, the, the band's going to come back up and play. And as they're playing, here's what we want you to do, okay? We want you to take that card and write three things that you've seen God do this year in 2018, and then write however many things you want to see God do in 2019, Okay? And then you're going to kind of make a little prayer time capsule. All right? And here's the idea is that you take this envelope. And if you haven't put away your Christmas decorations yet, you stick this on the top of your Christmas decorations. And then next year, when you pull your Christmas decorations out, here's that note and letter on the top. Right? And you can look back on that and go, wow, okay, yeah, I don't remember what this is. So then you open it, right? And then there it is. But hopefully you do remember it when you see it. Right? But we want to spend these next few minutes reflecting again on what God has done, but also, man, God, I want to see you do this in 2019, right? I want to see you do this in 2019 so that 2019 for me, when I get to the end of it, is not just simply some resolutions I made back in January, but it's a revolution that I've seen move through all 12 months of the year and has gotten me to this point. Right? And then you can open that up and be thankful and say, Lord, thank you so much for what you've done and how you're working. Right? Does that make sense? Okay? So we're going to spend these next few minutes doing that. So let me pray for us. The band's going to come up and then we'll continue on to our next song.